It was a fun day of quizzing, uh, as it usually is at the campgrounds. Lots of basketball time and running around, a beautiful day. And they did a wonderful job, as they always do. Uh, but please be in prayer for us over the next uh, three weeks as we prepare for extravaganza. Uh, this is a regional tournament, and this tournament gives us an opportunity to uh, potentially qualify for nationals. So we're going to be spending a lot of time uh, practicing and doing all kinds of fun stuff between now and Extrav to hopefully uh, qualify us for nationals. So thank you so much for your support of our quiz program. Thank you, Courtney. Great to see everyone here today. Thank you uh, for being at Grace Church. Uh, we're expecting a great time in the in the presence of the Lord today. Amen. Thank the Lord. Stand with me if you would. And uh, we want to open with prayer uh, and make a few announcements before we go into our worship set today. And uh, we need to pray for uh, Sandy Taylor and Wendy Fulmore's family. They've had a, a death in their family, and we need to pray for them this morning that God would certainly be with them and comfort them during this time of grief and loss. Why don't we do that right now, everybody? Let's pray and ask the Lord to be with them right now. In Jesus' name, God, we call on you today. We know that you're wonderful, amazing. We trust you. We have faith in you. And we pray, God, today that you would uh, bless this family during this time of loss. We pray, God, that you would be with them, comfort them. Pray that the presence of the Lord would strengthen them right now. We trust this. We believe this. In Jesus' name that you're going to take care of it. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful to be able to talk to the Lord in times like this? Let's give him some praise right now, shall we? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Uh, while you remain standing, we want to remind you that we're having our annual business meeting uh, this afternoon uh, at 6 p.m., and uh, you'll join us in the A Center uh, for this. We'd appreciate it. And also... Everybody remember this coming Tuesday morning. It's Tuesday morning prayer. It's always a great time together and uh, to pray with one another, pray for one another. And uh, thanks to all of you that show up so consistently for Tuesday morning prayer. And we ask that you do that again this coming Tuesday. Also Wednesday, February the 22nd, is the last day to sign up for the ladies' tea that will be held at the Cottage Tea Room on Sunday, February the 26th. And uh, there's a category that's been set up on Easy Tithe, uh, so you can pay online. It's $25, and it's for ages 12 and up. And then all of you ladies, remember March 9th through 11 is Women's Conference in Tioga. Don't want to miss that. It's always a tremendous, tremendous series of meetings. The ladies are always blessed uh, for attending uh, Women's Conference in Tioga. Thank the Lord. Let's have church today. What do you say? I thought about it this morning. We all got dressed up to come to church. We all combed our hair. Most everybody did. And uh, we look nice, brush your teeth. While we're here, we might as well have church, right? Thank the Lord. Let's have a good time in the Holy Ghost today. Worship the Lord as the praise team sings.
was my turn Till I met you
even more special to feel the presence of the Lord. And I, I understand that um, we say similar things over and over. But I never want to be without the presence of the Lord. I never want to feel like he's a long ways away. I never want to feel like he's out of touch with his church and his people. Thank the Lord. I want to know that God is in the midst of our lives at all times. And I feel that here today. I feel like God has showed up here today for a reason, for a specific reason. I say this often. I know there's the omnipresence of God, that God is everywhere, and you can't go anywhere that you're not in the presence of God. But there's also the manifest presence of God. And I believe God is here today to manifest himself in the life of somebody. <clears throat> I've come prepared today to give to you what I'm very passionate about that God has given to me. I'm saying that to say that I'm really not interested in just going through just another service and just to show up and everybody look nice and we'll be real social after church. I'm, I'm not here for just that. I believe God is here today for specific reasons. You're going to learn that in just a moment. I, I keep thinking over and over, and I know a lot of you do, of what is happening in several colleges our country today. There's this apparent sovereign move of God, but it is being facilitated in the hearts of hungry people. You'll find it interesting, and I, I, I don't want to cast light on anybody in a negative way, but it's interesting this is happening at a college campus and not in a church somewhere. I have preached in the past that if, if we don't love God the way he wants us to, he'll find somebody that will. And it's convicting me that this is, I'm excited, I'm thrilled, I'm, I'm just amazed at what God is doing at, in, in our, on our, some of our campuses across the country. But I'm also very sad that this isn't at our churches all throughout the country. If we will develop a hunger for him, he will do that here. If we will des desire more knowledge of him, he'll do that here. If we crave his presence more, he'll do that here. But if we're satisfied, what, what I think we fail to understand sometimes about the nature, let me say it this way, what we fail to understand about the nature of a God, the principle of being a God is that God gods whether they're idols whatever they're created to be worshipped they're created to be put on a pedestal even people that, that worship idols we don't believe in that but there are people all around the world that worship idols idols of stone and, and metal what have you it's because the principle of a God being worshipped is firmly instilled in the minds and hearts of everybody in the world. That's the point of being a God, is to be worshipped. 
don't believe in any of that. I don't endorse it, what have you. But I do believe in one God. He wasn't created. He wasn't manufactured. He was here long before we were. And he still has a hunger and a desire to be worshipped by people. Yes, he does. And we can have what we need here today if we're hungry for it, as they just sang about it. If we have a desire for it, God can move on us today. Yes, he can. <laughs> oh, yes, he can. So I'm here today to preach about that. Thank you, praise team. Especially that last song they sung, just simply titled, Hunger. And I believe God is meeting with Grace Church especially and wanting to do some amazing things, but we have to want it. We have to want it. I want to call your attention today to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. Very familiar scripture. Most of you could probably quote it. <clears throat> to everything. Everybody say everything. To everything, there is a season. To everything, there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. To everything, there is a season. A few weeks ago, I preached to you, I'm coming. Y'all remember that? Does anybody remember that? Clap your hands if you remember that. I want to know if you remember. Amen. I preach to you, I'm coming. Today I want to preach to you the season of revival. He's coming. It took y'all a minute, but, but we're getting there. We're getting there. It's the season of revival because he's coming. And when he shows up, Everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. I'm excited today. Everybody clap your hands in appreciation for the word of the Lord today. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank you for standing in your patience. You may be seated. I believe there's going to be a rapture. You believe that? I believe there's going to be a rapture. But when I say he's coming today, I'm not talking about the rapture. When I say he's coming, it doesn't mean that he hasn't been here or that he isn't here right now. When I say he's coming, I mean that he is coming to manifest himself in ways that we've never seen. I believe that. I believe God can still do it. I believe he can still do it. As I just mentioned, it's happening in different parts of the country on college campuses right now. Growing up as a teenager and a young married person, I sat under the pastorate of Brother Curtis Young, and a lot of you know him. And uh, he was a wonderful pastor and an outstanding preacher. But there's one particular area that I want to give him as much applause as I can. I cannot remember a time that he ever preached a sermon or taught a Bible study where the word revival was not mentioned. He talked about it every time he preached and every time he taught a Bible study. He was truly what I would call a revival preacher. And I witnessed in the years that I sat under his ministry and under his pastorate 
a great revival took place in that church. And some of you here today are familiar with that as well. The word revive is found in the Bible six times. And only two of those times it's mentioned in the New Testament. It's found eight times in the Old Testament. The word revived is also found in the Old and New Testament. So it would be accurate to say that reviving, God reviving, this supernatural move of God in reviving things and people being revived is truly an Old and New Testament concept. It's an Old and New Testament theme. And I believe with all of my heart today that Grace Church is entering a season of revival. Let me tell you what revival means. The word means to live and to have life, to remain alive and to sustain life, to be quickened from sickness, discouragement, faintness, and even death, to be restored to life or health, and to cause to grow. Revival suggests the idea of living, the idea of lifting, and the idea of lasting. In almost 30 years as pastor here at Grace Church, we have also seen some mighty moves of God, some mighty demonstrations of His presence, the manifest presence of God. We've seen miracles, signs, and wonders. God has done truly some amazing things here at Grace Church. There's been presence of the angelic and so on. We've heard the Word of God go forth to the church in general and then even to individual people and families. I believe we have reached a point in time where God wants to pour out His Spirit again in His church. I believe that. I believe we're ripe for that right here at Grace Church. Everybody say amen. It's now up to us to realize with all of our heart and with all of our mind that it's time for a manifestation of another Book of Acts Pentecost here at Grace Church. And if we are hungry for a move of God, it will certainly happen even more. If we are hungry for a move of God, it will certainly happen even more. You'll notice that in the three scripture settings that I will be reading as I traverse through this message this morning, that there is a specific time given for each event that I will use and uh, this message, this presentation this morning, a specific time when God chose to show up on His calendar, not ours. I'm going to show you that today in the Scripture. I want us to understand, we've said it oftentimes, I've said it sometimes, that God is waiting on us. But I'm going to show you events in the Scripture where they weren't particularly always waiting on God. God just showed up whether they were ready or not. And I believe that's what we're beginning to experience right here. God is going to find somebody 
When he promised to pour out his spirit on all flesh, he's not excluding anybody. And that applies to people who already have the presence of God in their life and people who do not have the presence of God in their life. All flesh includes everybody. And I want to be open today. I want to be open today. I want to be open today to whatever it is that God wants to give to us. I'm going to read a, my first scripture setting today and my comments following it will not seem to be applicable at first, so I need you to bear with me. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. The reason I'm going to ask you to bear with me is because I'm going to refer to when this happened very similarly before this incident in the Gospels where Jesus told his disciples to get in the ship and let us go to the other side. Remember that? The storm came and he was asleep on a pillow. This time, he did not go with them. And this is interesting to me. I could preach about it for a while, but that's not what I've come to preach today exactly. Verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away... He went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the even was come, he was there alone. But the ship, everybody say the ship. The ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, I don't read where they prayed for him to come to them. I don't believe they thought it was even possible for him to get to them. I think y'all might have missed that. It was too stormy for him to come in another ship. I don't think you're hearing me yet. I don't think it's sinking in yet. They thought whatever our relationship is with God, it is what it is. We're out here in the middle of this storm and we're cut off. Okay. But the Bible said in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them. He came to them in a way that is virtually impossible. Do we understand that? If you think this miracle is just kind of run of the mill, let me challenge you to do it. You think this is no big deal? Boo and Melanie, y'all have a swimming pool at your house. Other people do. Why don't y'all go home today and just step on top of the water and walk across to the other side and let me know how it works out. My point is that they thought that they could not see any other manifestation of Jesus beyond what they had already seen. And they needed him, but it was impossible for him to get to them. Oh, my. Here was their response. Y'all got to hear this. This is, this is the big meaty part of this. If you don't get this, you're not going to get the rest of it. He came walking on the sea. 
And when they saw him, they didn't know him. They were troubled saying, it is a spirit. Yes, it was. Oh, yes, it was. It was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost that they were about to receive in just a few more months right down the line. That's what that was. It was a ghost, but not like that ever. So I'm talking to somebody here right now. We think that we've seen all of God that we'll ever see. I'm here to tell you today that God may have a few more ways He can manifest Himself in our life if we'll just open our heart to it. I don't believe God has showed us everything about Him. Don't you reach a stalemate in your relationship with God. I preached about that a few weeks ago. God still has more to give to the church. And straightway Jesus spoke, said unto them, Be of good cheer in his eye. God chose the time to come to them. They didn't. They didn't even ask. I don't read where they prayed about it. Were they nervous? Yes. Were they afraid? Yes. All of that. But in their mind, God could not get to them. As I have told you in the past, God spoke to me in July of 2020 and gave me a clear vision of the church at that time. I will reference that for a moment here today. The storm that, uh, that they previously experienced when Jesus got on the ship with them and told them, let's go to the other side, that's what God spoke to me about. And I'll reference that for a moment. They experienced a similar storm. This is what God showed me. They experienced a similar storm. Jesus was with them. But he was asleep. Y'all with me? Now, they went to him to their credit. And they woke him up. Y'all remember that in the scripture? And said, carest thou not that we perish? They woke him up because he was with them. But in this scripture setting, he wasn't with them. So what do you do? When it feels like God isn't with you. Part of what God spoke to me was that he told them to go to the other side of the sea. I felt like they could have chosen anywhere on the other side of the sea to go. Wherever they were going, Jesus was asleep. He wasn't telling them where to go in that first storm. Wherever they were going... It didn't work out. I don't know where they were going. I don't know if they knew where they were going. They were just doing what Jesus said, kind of like some of us here today. Don't really know where we're going. We're just doing what Jesus said. And it's okay. But it didn't work out because a storm came, and they were terrified. And there, following the commandment of Jesus, ended up coming to a complete stop in the midst of the sea, in a horrible storm. God showed me in July of 2020 that there was nothing wrong with their ship. They were safe as long as they stayed on the ship. And if he's in the ship, it's really safe to stay on the ship. He was asleep, but he was with them. They allowed the storm to cause them to be terrified instead of realizing that the ship was holding 
them together and that he was still with them. I want to present that to you again today. There's nothing wrong with the church. The church is okay. We may have come to a dead stop a time or two, but the church is okay. It's still holding together, and Jesus is still with us. I thank God for that. Amen. But this year, everybody say this year, 2023, I believe God has given me fresh vision, fresh purpose, and fresh understanding. I believe firmly in my heart that God has us on a path to the other side. Much like the disciples, I'm not sure exactly where the others, what, what part of the other side we're going to, but we're obeying his commandment. He said, go to the other side, and we're heading that direction. Amen. You're going to find out more about this here pretty soon. But sometimes and oftentimes we've come to its dead stop because of a stormy situation going on in our lives. I believe it's imperative that we right now prepare our hearts and our minds to a move of God that's just on the horizon. And I proclaim that in the name of Jesus. Now watch this. And I gave you a mention of it a moment ago. In the scripture setting I just read, was a different time the disciples were in the ship and they were facing another storm. It wasn't the same storm as the previous one, but about the same kind of storm. This is where everybody in this building needs to listen. Everybody. No one's excluded. You'll see it on the screen. This time was different and that they were afraid of the storm Again, but this time they assumed Jesus couldn't get to them. But there was something else besides the storm that was causing them to be afraid. So now you have fear coming from two different directions. And they're both coming from the heavens. The storm coming from the heavens, the literal natural heaven. But then here comes this being. This is what I want everybody to hear today. Everybody listen. Jesus was coming to them. But the way he chose to come to them scared the living daylights out of them. It was this presence, this ghost coming to them, walking on the water. I'm going to say very boldly here this morning, and I'm going to put Pentecostals right up front center. I've been a part of it. I've seen it all of my life. It's happened to me, and it's happened to people around me. But religious people, who were mired in their religious beliefs get terrified when God manifests himself in a different way than what they're accustomed to, what they've been taught, what, they're, what they understand. Y'all follow me? 
I'm going to be very honest. I've been at camp meetings before in Tioga where, man, something sweeps across that congregation and everybody's posture, their attitude, their spirit, everything changes just like that. I've seen when especially the gifts of the Spirit are moving. I've seen people go from shouting and dancing and running the aisles and all of that to a quiet hush just like that. And God begins to speak in a prophetical way to that congregation. I'm talking about four or 5,000 people do it all at one time. That's kind of creepy. If you're not accustomed to that and you don't understand what's going on, it can be kind of creepy. I'm being honest. I've seen people, you know, kind of looking around like, what's going on here, honey? I'm looking at the elders on the platform thinking, I hope y'all got this under control. I'll tell you one thing I witnessed one time. Brother Anthony Mangan was preaching at camp meeting. And during his sermon, it ended up being actually a lady who attended POA, attended his church, started giving a message in tongues, and he looked at her with four or 5,000 people sitting there and said, hold that and I'll call for it later. I hope you know what you're doing. You just interrupted God. You didn't interrupt that woman. You interrupted God. But then I was reminded of the scripture that said the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. And he preached about another 15 minutes, looked at that lady and said, now go. She gave the message in tongues. Somebody interpreted and there was a mighty move of God. That stuff's kind of creepy sometimes. God can come to us. He can still come to us and manifest himself to us in ways that we've not seen. I'm sure I haven't heard it. I I have turned my ear off to this kind of stuff a long time ago, but I'm sure there's people around our country with this stuff going on in different colleges around the country like, oh, well, you know, that's just a bunch of hype and nonsense and foolishness or whatever and just a bunch of emotion stuff. No, it's not. No, it's not. Well, they don't believe the right thing and, they don't do this and they don't do that and all that. Let me tell you, I just quoted the scripture. God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I'll do it when I'm ready. Whether you're ready or not, I'm going to do it. And I don't care what you believe. Amen. So you get the point. They were seeing a manifestation of God like they had never seen before. Jesus was coming to them, walking on the water. Who's ever seen that? I've never seen it. Is anybody here today? Raise your hand if you've ever seen anybody walking on water. That's what I thought. But just what if we filled up the baptistry behind this wall right here and God spoke to somebody. God speaks to Kelton and he hops up and goes back there and just walks right across that water. What would you do? What would you think? Is it possible? You say, well, that was Jesus. You're going to find out in a minute. Peter just did it. Can God do that? There may be one or two people here that's literally seen God raise the dead. I haven't. What would I do if God raised up somebody that was clinically, medically dead, pronounced dead by the corner? It's happened. Can God do that? If he can, are we ready for him to do that? hope you get my point today. Jesus was coming to them walking on the water. And he was coming to them in the fourth watch of the night. That means it was between 3 and 6 a.m. in the morning. It was pitch black and storming. And here he comes. 
And here he comes. And here he comes. You're still not hearing me today. And here he comes. And here he comes. There's, this has happened to some of us, to some of our family and some of our friends. There are people that we know that are going through times of extreme hurt and anxiety and fear and loneliness and depression and times of strong questioning. We know people that have lost their children to drug, to drug overdoses and automobile accidents. We've seen marriages fall apart and families fall apart. But I submit to you this morning in the name of Jesus that Jesus is coming to you right now. Oh, yes, he is. And because of the way he's coming to you right now, it may be a little scary or even big scary. I witnessed not too long ago, right here at this church, somebody not all that familiar with the moving of the Holy Ghost. And uh, I watched this person literally get almost shoved in the back. I mean, I, I was right there in front of this person and just this boom from the back and they took a step forward and they opened their eyes like that wide open. It's a little scary. The disciples were terrified. These were men that knew Jesus. These were men that said they knew Jesus. I hope y'all are getting on board. I personally have been witnessing and experiencing a, manifesting, a manifestation of God that has me at peace. Sister Murphy's aware of that. Brother Dave Bunch is aware of it. Dave Bunch was a witness to it. And I am confident that God is guiding my steps today. God has come to me. Yes, he has. And he's coming to you. He's coming to Grace Church. He's coming. He's coming. We're entering a season of revival. He's coming. He's coming. I understand that things don't feel and look like and look the same as they did before the pandemic even. But did the pandemic cause this or was it something else? I was having dinner with Brother Greg Albritton in Alexandria this past Friday night. And he was sharing some inspiration with me, and I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. But he made this statement in reference to Joseph of the Old Testament. God said through Stephen in Acts chapter 8 that what, what Joseph's brothers meant, everybody say meant, they meant it for evil. God meant it for good. It happened on purpose. God let it happen on purpose. Did the pandemic happen to us? We think it's evil, but maybe God meant it for our eventual good. Somebody needs to hear me today. I said he's coming. He's coming. He may have felt like he was asleep during the pandemic, but he's wide-eyed now, and he wants to pour out his spirit on his church like we've not witnessed before. We've got to be open, folks. We've got to have an open heart. We've got to have an open mind for the outpouring of his spirit. In the first storm, nobody, when Jesus was asleep on the boat and all that, Nobody asked, 
Could we get out of the ship and try walking on the water? See, that's where we Pentecostals stop. Man, it was turbulent in my life. It was horrible in my life. I like this. I like that. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. Marriage, kids, finances, everything. It was just all going awry. But, man, it seemed like I just woke God up in my life. God has come to life in my life, and everything is wonderful. And that's where we stop. We fail to understand that the greatest dimension of the miraculous is outside of the church, not in it. I preached several years ago that I'm waiting to hear that one of our church people went to Walmart and saw somebody in a wheelchair or somebody with crutches or something and said, I want to pray for you and they're healed. I'm still, that happened in the book of Acts. I'm preaching today. He's coming. He's coming. He's going to do it through somebody. It might as well be us. Amen. Amen. But during that first storm, nobody wanted out of the ship. But when Jesus came walking out of the When he came walking up on the water, it gave Simon Peter an idea that if you can do that, why can't I do that? And he was willing to leave the security and the comfort of the church, of the ship. And said, Jesus, if it's you, he wasn't interested in wildfire. He wasn't interested in going crazy and being weird and all that. He wasn't interested in any of that. He just said, I just want to come to where you are. And God is calling Grace Church to leave the walls of this safe confine and step into a dimension of the miraculous like we've not seen before. He's coming. He's coming. I've sat in restaurants in time past, and so have some of you, and God spoke to me and said, get up and go talk to that family. Get up and go talk to that person. I had a hostess in a restaurant walk up and say she knew who I was and said, Pastor Murphy, that lady sitting over there on the other side of the restaurant just lost her husband. Would you, would you pray for her? I said, yes, I will. I think she meant later. I got up. And I walked over and said, I am Pastor Murphy. I just understand. I heard you going through a hard time. I want to pray with you. And she said, please do. I sat down and took her hands and prayed for her in the name of Jesus and watched tears stream down her face. We need to get to the place where we're comfortable walking in the spirit outside of this building. We need to get comfortable getting out there where Jesus is. He's coming. He's coming, but he's not just coming to the church. He's coming to our community. He's coming to everyone around us. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. We're going to see him differently than we've ever seen him before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I remember Shanna Bryant. We were, it was either Caliente or the Beignet place before Caliente would. I don't remember which one it was, but she came. We had a group of our church folks there, and uh, she walked up and she said, uh, "My my dad, my stepdad is still is in a just a terrible, terrible way, and uh, can can y'all pray for him?" I said, "Absolutely." I said, "Folks, let's go pray." He was there. We got up right there in the middle. Of, you remember that? We got up right in the middle of that restaurant. There was other people there. 
We need to get back to the place where we need to realize Jesus is more than just one place at one time. He's not just here. He's out there, and he's calling on us. Can I preach a few more minutes? In Luke chapter 24, second scripture reading. And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said unto him, said unto Jesus, Are you only a stranger in Jerusalem? Here's another disciple that knew him. See, y'all still aren't hearing me. You're not catching this like I want you to. We testify and we, we kind of even boast. We know Jesus. We got a revelation of one God. And we, and we know everything there is to know about God. Until he decides to show up in a way that we've never seen before. And then all of a sudden we get kind of weak kneed and get a little iffy and antsy and a little scared. Are you only a stranger? Have you not known the things which have come to pass? And Jesus said, what things? And Cleopas starts telling Jesus about Jesus. He said, man, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed. There's the problem. He wasn't just a prophet. But he was a prophet, mighty indeed, in the word before God and, and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he uh, which should redeem Israel. Watch this. One of his own disciples. Come on, Donnie. One of his own disciples said, and besides all of this, it's the third day. Wait, you're one of his disciples. And he told you over and over and over that I'm going to go to Jerusalem and they're going to crucify me. And I'm going to be buried in a borrowed tomb. But on the third day, 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 I'm going to be resurrected. This man is telling Jesus it's the third day. It's the day of resurrection. And oh, I'm still sad about it. Oh, my. I believe that's where many others are today. We have some among us that believed, but now they don't believe anymore. They've gotten discouraged, tired, and burnt out, disillusioned, and unhappy, and walk away. And the scripture setting I just read, Jesus somehow wasn't everything they expected him to be. He showed up in a way they didn't recognize him. There are those we know today that are of a similar mindset. Some, if they had a choice, would probably not come at all. Some come because their spouse wants them to or their kids want them to. They're all, they're, they're, they're kind, they're kind of like the two, the, the two disciples on their way to Emmaus. They say, he promised he would do this and that, but I haven't seen it. It is like he just went away and died. I like to consider myself a disciple but I just can't believe this stuff anymore. Jesus isn't to me what he used to be. I hope everybody's listening. I hope everybody's listening. 
I may be privy to some of your feelings and thoughts, or maybe not, but this one thing I do know, where things may have been rough to navigate and to start out over the past weeks, months, and even years for people here today. I've been feeling a presence walking beside me like I've not felt before. Something happened to me that never happened to me before when Brother Holloway was here. Some of you may know about it. I, it took me a minute to recognize that this was a God moment. This was a God thing. I embraced it, and I've not been the same since. And if you're honest, if you're honest, there's people here today that feel it too. It's imperative, folks, that we recognize it's Jesus. The Jesus that they once knew really didn't exist anymore like they knew him. The Jesus that they were getting acquainted with now has nail scars in his hands. The Jesus they're having to get acquainted with now has just defied hell and all of it. He just defied the devil. He just defied the devil himself and every one of his demons. He just defied death and the grave and Caesar and the Romans. And this kind of Jesus makes me kind of nervous. Somebody needs to hear the word of God today. His hands aren't, are going to feel a little different than they did before. When he reaches out and takes a hold of your hand, his hand has a scar in it now. You're not used to that. Jesus shouldn't have scars. Jesus shouldn't bleed. Jesus shouldn't hurt. We wouldn't be here today if Jesus shouldn't bleed and if Jesus shouldn't hurt. But he didn't stay bleeding. He's not stayed hurting. He's resurrected with a new glorified body. Come on, Grace Church. What we fail to understand, as much as Cleopas and the other disciple had to put their head around the resurrection that happened on the third day, we're still living in the third day. He's still alive. He's still alive forevermore. The power and the authority of resurrection is still real in our world today. He was dead, but is alive forevermore. If we really believed that, we'd be on our feet shouting and dancing and running and rejoicing. Somebody needs to reconsider your thoughts about attending church and getting back into church. Maybe there are some here today that should reconsider who or what you have believed or thought about Jesus, who he is and what he is. God is ushering in a new day, a new time for the church. It is the season for revival. He's coming. And then finally, give me five minutes, maybe ten. In Acts chapter 2, and they were all amazed the Holy Ghost had just fallen. The 120 in the upper room had been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. People standing outside. There was a miracle inside the upper room, but there was a greater miracle about to happen outside the upper room. They were all amazed and in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this, this outpouring of the Holy Ghost and people speaking in tongues and whatnot. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. 
Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken my words. They're not drunken as you suppose. They're drunk. They're intoxicated out of their mind, but not like you think. You people out there claim to know Jesus. You know the law of Moses. You know the Old Testament. You've read the Old Testament prophets. And the greatest manifestation of God has just happened among mankind that's ever happened in the world. God is not a voice out of the heaven anymore. God is not in a physical body walking around with us anymore. But now God is on the inside of us, the greatest miracle that's ever happened on this planet. So they were, yes, intoxicated. They felt something they'd never felt before. They experienced something they've never... These were people that knew Jesus. They knew what the prophet said. They knew what the Old Testament said. But they were now a living, breathing, moving, standing upright miracle transformed by the power of God. And the people on the outside said, no way. Our God would never do that. Really? He said, they're not drunk as you suppose. Because it's the third hour of the day. This chapter begins with a statement when the day of Pentecost was fully come. God had his time clock. He had his schedule. He had his plan. Ready or not, here I come. A new day dawned that day. It was a new era. The writer of Hebrews wrote that entire book explaining to the Jews how the Old Testament, the law of Moses, was not applicable anymore in a ceremonial way. You're going to change the way you have church. You're not going to sacrifice a lamb anymore. The high priest isn't going to go to the Ark of Covenant once a year. Not anymore. You're not going to have to have that mediator, that high priest, the real true high priest just died on Calvary and resurrected. And that's who's on the, that's going to be on the inside of you when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was shocking for them. It was scary for them. Some of them never did believe it. But if you read the Old Testament, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, it spread around the world like a wildfire. Paul and Peter took it to Europe. It spread. It ended up in India. It ended up everywhere. Everywhere. The Bible said in the book of Acts, they turned their world upside down. They were given a simple commandment. And if they chose to believe it and obey it, their lives would be amazingly different. Not horrible different. Wonderful different. Amazing different. They chose to believe it. Why can't the same thing happen to us? Don't ask everybody to stand. Luke wrote in Acts chapter 1. He said, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he, You have heard of me. 
For John truly baptized with water, John the Baptist. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. You know what just, just came to me? You know what I believe Brother Donnie helped prepare them for this moment? Is that, that early we are hours of the morning when Jesus came walking on the water? I'm not shocked anymore by what Jesus does. I'm not afraid of it. This is a God thing. Jesus is saying it out of his own mouth. This is just as God saying this to us, that this is what we need to do. And, and so that's what we're going to do. It took him three and a half years to learn how to follow and obey his commandments. And not get all scary. When in the process, something strange happens to you. So when the Holy Ghost fell in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Cloven tongues set on top of their head, the Bible said. They began to speak in other tongues. They weren't scared of it. Not this time. They woke him up during a storm. He came walking to them on the water during the storm. So by now, they're kind of getting used to the idea that God can manifest himself to us any way he wants to. We just have to have the realization that when it happens, we have to be open to it. So this is what I'm asking for today. I believe we're entering a season of revival here at Grace Church. God's, God's here. He wants to do it. He's coming. He wants to do this. It's up to us. It's up to us. I've had people helping me pray about this, about this moment right here. Here we are. What I'm going to ask for today is that everybody in this building to do similar to what the disciples did when they left the Mount of Olives. They went to Jerusalem to the upper room and they tarried. It's funny how we teach and preach that they needed the baptism of the Holy Ghost because they were disciples. Shouldn't this be for the guy across town, the, the derelict, the, 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 drunk, the, the, the drunkard, the, the dope addict? Should it be? No. Jesus told his disciples, those that knew him, those that obeyed him, those that knew his commandment, he took those religious people and said, you go to the upper room. I have something else I would like to give you. My posture here today, I've been praying this year for almost, well, a month and a half now, a little over a month and a half, that God baptized me with the Holy Ghost like I've never experienced. I received the Holy Ghost when I was 12, but I've never got enough of it. So, as they begin to sing and play softly, I believe that Grace Church is in a place where all of us have been given the same commandment. Why stand here around gazing and trying to figure out what just happened or what just happened? Go find a place to pray, and you pray until you're endued with power from on high. This is what I'm asking today. It's going to be a little scary. It's going to be a little scary. But I'm going to ask every person that will. I'm not going to put any pressure on anybody. But if you will, I'd like for you to begin to gather up around the front of this building. And as they begin to sing, I want you to raise your hands. And I would love for you to pray. 
Pray as hard as you can. Pray as fervently as you can. Pray as passionately as you can until you are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost again. Well, Pastor, I don't need it. Well, if that's how you feel, that's all the more reason you do need it. Young folks, y'all don't have to kneel down. Y'all stand up. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. I appreciate what you're doing, but everybody stand up. Do more than I've ever done. God, I'm here. I'm here on your couch. 